This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back. Lanelle Willingham here with you on the fan until 10 o'clock. Before we dish the rock to the JR Sport Brief show, you hear the Chuck Brown coming back from the commercial break. The 86th birthday of the Godfather of Go Go is today. We'll be celebrating them all show long. Coming back with your favorite Chuck Brown tunes. We'll have to ask my man Pete Haley his favorite Chuck Brown tune. Joining me right now on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today. Is NBC Sports Washington's Pete Haley. You can follow him on Twitter. At Pete Haley MBCS. Make sure you give him a follow on the Twitter for the latest on the Washington Commanders. Pete, after preseason game number two in Arrowhead, where do you think stand right now for the Commanders? Uh, huh. They don't stand in a great place. And if you want to be a part of the crowd who says that preseason doesn't matter, they aren't scheming, they aren't game planning, guys aren't going all out, I'm, I'm totally understanding of that and you can be on that island i won't come harass you but i'm on the island next door of a little bit concerned by what i've seen not as much from the offense i think the offense has shown that they have plenty of weapons and they're getting logan thomas back so i think they can move the ball even though they haven't scored a touchdown this preseason i think they've at least displayed a little bit of life the defense though is is it's not in shambles that'd be extreme but it's certainly (laughs) It certainly seems like it's disorganized and uh, just heading towards the same path that it was a year ago, of not being able to get off the field on third down, not being able to pressure the quarterback. And it's not that shocking to say that because they didn't really make any drastic changes. So the offense, I'm still in wait and see mode, and I still have faith they'll be able to put up a good amount of points and be one of the better offenses we've seen here in quite some time. But the defense, oh boy, I, I, am, I am worried quite a bit. Yeah, Pete, and, and when you talk about this defense and you talk about the team as a whole, to, to answer your question about the, the group of people who say preseason doesn't matter, I would tell them that they're crazy because, Pete, you know this, you got to learn how to win. And right now the Washington Commanders are not a perennial winner. This is where you learn how to do it in the preseason. You test your depth, and then you get to go hit another color jersey. We've been out there at practice. You see you've been going against each other since the springtime. The first opportunity that this defense got to prove itself against another unit they fell flat on their faces. Started off in week one, making Baker Mayfield look like Brett Favre. It's it is that's the point, right? Like, okay, the defense to me in watching in Ashburn, it's like, okay, this group looks pretty good. Kendall Fuller, William Jackson are having awesome camps. The secondary is communicating. Hey, they're getting to Carson once and making him look pretty pedestrian at times. But then you see that week after week, and then you realize, oh, okay, they're doing this because they probably know all the plays that are coming. They know the personnel really well, and they're able to just feed off that and get really confident. And I'm not saying it nullifies the camp that Kendall Fuller is having or or it means that Montez Sweat is going to be completely shut out, but it does uh, 
stay in the back of your head that um, when they need to play other opponents, is it going to be this successful? And through two weekends of evidence, the answer is no. And right, it was Baker Mayfield, it was Sam Darnold, and sure, Patrick Mahomes is, is one of the best, but like the lack of pressure they were getting on Patrick Mahomes, that's going to help Trevor Lawrence. That's going to help Justin Fields. It's not like it was just Mahomes being a freak. I know he had some great throws, but like the, the lack of contest at the catch point on some of those throws, that's going to matter when it's the Jaguars and the Lions and these lesser quarterbacks too. So um, in Ashburn, this defense looks pretty reliable. But when they leave that friendly bubble and they have to go play on a real field against an unfamiliar group, that's when they really start to fall apart. And that sucks because they're about to play 17 games like that beginning in September. Yeah, it is uh, going to be something interesting to watch as the season moves forward. Pete, I want to keep things on this defensive side of the ball. The, the, the biggest alarming question mark for me right now is the pass rush at the defensive end spot opposite Montez Sweat. We've seen a, a mashup of guys get that opportunity. Your James Smith-Williams, your Casey Twohills, your Shaka Tonys. We've, we're through four weeks of camp right now, Pete, and I don't know who I think should be the starter opposite Montez Sweat. In practice, you think it's James Smith-Williams and Twohill, but you get in the game, and, and, and through my lens, I don't think they played – you know, that well on, on Saturday against the Chiefs. What is your confidence level that this group is going to be able to get it together and put pressure on the quarterback? Before even getting tops with Montez, yes, he's easily the most high-profile guy on this line, but for three seasons and there's been injuries, there's been off-field, you know, things he's had to deal with with his family. There's been a lot of reasons for him to not play, but he's only had seven, nine, and five sacks, which averages out to seven sacks a year, which is not a very high number. And no. <laughs> if he plays the full season this year, then sure, I would think he would hopefully get to double digits. But just because his name is Montez Sweat and we know he's a first-round pick and he's got really long arms and is really fast, that doesn't mean he's completely arrived yet. So right. I know the guys opposite of him are the primary issue, but let's not act like Montez is a, is a market down for 13 sacks. But opposite of him, yes. Um, I, I've like what I've seen, again, it, it fits into the answer from the last question. I like what I've seen from Two Hill and Ashburn, but then in Kansas City, he had the one play that really angered Ron where he gets uh, so washed out on a wide rush that Mahomes can just step up and it's on that second touchdown throw. There's no lineman within the stadium, basically, because of <laughs> Two Hill not staying in the rush lane that he needed to be, and now Ron is talking about that as a problem, which he did a lot of last year. So between Two Hill, James Williams, Shaka Tony, they're going to all have to rotate and just hope that you get the, the best qualities out of each to form one decent defensive end until Chase Young returns. But um, again, it, it's, it's like, Hey, this, all of this could have been addressed in the off season. I know they said that Carson Wentz and his giant contract affected their books. And that's, that's somewhat plausible. He's ah, making 28 million. That's Pete, a, that's a pretty big amount of money, but they could still have signed and drafted other players to try and improve their defense. Pete, and, I, and I hear you on that, but we all know, I feel like that that's lip service. Like they still have over $10 million in cap room to go out and sign somebody. They just are comfortable with the guys they have, they have in house. I understand you're trying to give your young guys an opportunity, but if you are a coaching staff going into year number three where the pressure is on you, whether we're saying it publicly or not, it just didn't make too much sense to me. But a bright spot, though, Pete, on the defense from Saturday, I thought was Jamin Davis. I thought he played his best game of the preseason, and I know it's only two games to go off of. There were there were multiple times you see him doing things that, that, that warranted him being a first-round pick. There was a specific play, Pete, I don't know if you remember, 
he bluffs the blitz on Patrick Mahomes and jumps back out to the wheel route mm-hmm. and makes Patrick Mahomes check the ball on the ground. What is that an example of him just becoming more comfortable in this defense and having to think less? I would say that's a pretty good indication of where he is. And I'm torn about Jamin, right? Because those things, while it doesn't result in a sexy highlight or a major impact, like that is a very good step for him and something that takes some time to learn how to pull off a play like that. And it shows that he's processing information better. So I'm encouraged by that. But at the same time, it's, you want to be like, well, that's what you expect. Right. Like, that, that's the kind of praise I would give, like, a fourth-rounder, like a Percy Butler or a Khalid Hudson or something. Like, for Jamin, it shouldn't be, oh, look at this. If you zoom in on this one play, I have to go find it. Hold on, where is he? Okay, it's right here. But, uh, no, look, I promise. It's really, really good, <laughs> even though he, he doesn't take off the pass or get a sack. Like, look, here's him doing this one specific thing, and let's not look at anything else. He, so, like, yes, I'm, I'm glad he is maturing and he seems to be getting a grasp of things, but still, it needs to be the splash play. Like, Micah Parsons, when he's on the field, you know it immediately because of all the attention he attracts and all the havoc he causes. Jamin, while he isn't like Parsons in that way, he's not going to be a pass rusher or DN hybrid. You want to see him blowing up tight ends and, and knocking passes away. So hopefully, as he gets more reps in the regular season and more confidence under his belt he will be able to do that so yeah i'm i'm, I'm split on jim <laughs> look, i can't blame you man look i think we have as a fan base have kind of lowered the expectations for him because we were so disappointed with what we saw last year so i do expect a lot of the time this year like you mentioned we'll be giving jamin a lot of applause for things that, that he probably should be doing but that's okay <laughs> um we'll, we'll, we'll switch to the offensive side of the ball pete the big revelation coming out uh, of saturday's game for me was Looks like we've got a new RB1 in town. Brian Robinson gets the start with the first team, you know, gets get some good carries. Thought he looked good. Got a little nugget for you here, Pete. So 3.75 yards after contact, uh, ranks third in the NFL amongst running backs with over 10 attempts this preseason. So clearly doing the things he was advertised uh, for doing in college. From what you've seen from him thus far, what is your confidence level moving forward that he can solidify that RB1 job? I love where Robinson is trending, and I think there's so much angst, interest, whatever you want to call it, in his battle with Gibson that we're sort of all overlooking the fact that this just should be a really good unit no matter who is leading the way, and I think that's the most important part. And for Gibson personally, and as someone who really likes what Gibson can do, yes, it's disappointing that he looks like he's been unseated and that he might have to supplement his work with some stuff on special teams or he might only get seven or eight touches as opposed to 19 to 22 he would get if he was a starter but if you look past that and sort of just approach it from does this make the offense better i think it does because how they're using gibson in kansas city and yes mckissick wasn't there and he's going to factor in big time but the passes they're getting him in space like he looked a lot more comfortable where he doesn't need to read certain gaps and, and make these incisions. He can catch the ball, look around, and just act instinctually like he did in Memphis when he was a receiver. So I think the comfort level for him is there more in the way that they use him and hopefully the way they deploy him in the future. You let Robinson wear a defense down. You let Gibson hit them off the edge in space, and then when it's third and nine and you need to keep a drive alive, you bring in McKissick. That's a lot of options, and everybody loves the receivers, Dotson, Samuel, McLaurin. Everybody's looking at tight end. Okay, they got Logan. When's Cole Turner coming back? But the running backs here could be the real engine for this entire thing and make Wentz's job a lot easier just because of all the various things they can do. 
Speaking of Carson Wentz, Pete, I thought he was okay but not great for the second straight week. From what you've seen from two weeks from Carson Wentz in the preseason, what is your confidence level that come week one he is going to represent a significant upgrade at the position? I'm I'm very confident it's not based on what I've seen necessarily because I feel like Heineke could execute what they've been doing. I mean, the throw to McLaurin over the middle where Carson looked a guy off and then really rifled it in there. I think that that's a glimpse of how he's going to be an upgrade. That's a throw Taylor maybe wouldn't have been able to make or make as well as Carson did. But just just based on all the stuff we've talked about for months, I know he's going to be an upgrade. And I've liked what I've seen from Carson in camp since the rocky start where accuracy was a major question. He was having the throws and the drills versus no defender that were hitting the ground or coming and almost hitting us media folk right in the eyeballs. Like that, that was like, Oh my God, what's happening? When is Taylor going to start? Is it going to be week two or week three? This is all going to melt. Um, since then, I think he's responded really well and he's gotten the timing down better with receivers. So it, the preseason stuff for fans who have only checked in on Saturday, the past couple weekends, okay, you're probably not going to be that inspired. But when you combine that with what we're seeing out of practice, okay, you can see that the comfort is growing day by day. And while the resurgence that people are hoping for may not be coming, he might just be what we saw in Indy last year, that's going to help Washington regardless. Uh, Pete, going back to the offensive side of the football, I thought Saturday, based on the circumstances that, that this team was dealt and the cards that this team was dealt, the offensive line, I thought, handled themselves really well. I know they were down a couple of starters. And what it showed me is that they've got improved depth along that unit, or John Matsko is just the best coach on this football team, and he's going to get his guys prepared no matter who is out there. From what you've seen from the offensive line, do you think this is a group that has legitimate depth? And if there is a question mark along this offensive line, what do you think it is? The depth is pretty legit, and that goes back to last year when they were down to their fourth center. Sam Cosby missed about half the year. Sheriff was in and out. Schweitzer was in and out. Like They were able to get some guys, some really valuable experience, and a lot of those guys are back, and you're Keith Ishmael's, et cetera. And then you draft Chris Paul, and you sign a few guys. So um, it speaks to Matsko's coaching prowess for sure. And if Commanders fans aren't well-versed on John Matsko by now, you should know that he is probably their best assistant and should just be someone you have a lot of faith in to turn in five good offensive linemen no matter who's out there. But I also think just the the players they've assembled are all really versatile, really dependable. And for me, the offensive line doesn't look like it's going to be, like it's not going to have a nickname like the Hogs. It's not going to have a bunch of pro bowlers on there. But if you get Norwell healthy, I don't know about Trey Turner. We haven't seen him in about a month, so I'm not really counting him in this. But if you have Norwell and Schweitzer and, and you have your tackles installed and Ruiz okay coming back from the injury, I think that's a really reliable starting group and then only only so many injuries can be you know dealt with but if it's a standard amount of injuries and you have to get Ishmael in there and some of these other backups I think they can hold their own so the offensive line to me not a overwhelming strength but definitely a group overall that fans can feel pretty relaxed about I think had big news out there at the park today Logan Thomas activated off the physically unable to perform list how quickly do you expect him to get back in the full swing of things? And then when he does, Pete, how big of a lift is he going to be to this offense? I would definitely think he's in in week one. He told us today he wouldn't push it, but that's still his goal, of course. Um, in terms of full practice contact, he 
he said some of the numbers that he was testing at in terms of his jumping and his landing and how much stress he's putting on his knee, like that the numbers that they'd ran and all these tests were better today in the past couple of weeks than they were pre-injury. So that makes me think he's probably ready soon. You don't need to rush him, but I think he could, he's not going to play in the preseason game run announced, but in terms of getting him into a full part of practice where he's not limited, I would imagine that happens shortly. And the lift for the offense, yeah, it's going to be enormous. Carson, uh, and him were already on the sidelines during special teams periods, getting some extra throws in because they have time to make up. They haven't thrown until this afternoon. And in seeing how Carson's had to get used to Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel, like there's going to be a learning curve there for Logan. But Logan is just so easy to throw to. He's such a big target. We know Wentz loves tight ends. And Logan just is – people forget, I think, from a couple of years ago last year – it's disappointing because he got injured a couple times, had a couple IR stints, of course, and then the ACL. But in 2020, the dude was a machine. He could, he could always just throw the ball to him seven, eight yards away, and while he wouldn't necessarily turn that into a 20-yard gain, like, it was just automatic. So um, with all the speed and all the flash on this offense, having Logan there to just hang out in the middle and be there whenever Wentz needs to look his way is going to be a very nice luxury. Yeah, as you mentioned, it's 70 catches for Logan Thomas in 2020, his first year here with the Commanders. And, you know, he turned into a household favorite really quickly. I'll let you go on this, peep. The preseason finale this Saturday against the Baltimore Ravens. I haven't gotten to it yet, but I think the starters should play in that game. Do you think they should, and do you think they will? I've gone back and forth on this as I've started looking ahead. Um, you of course, you don't want to risk injury, and this team, knock on all the wood you got, has made it through camp without like really any serious injuries, and just have a couple weeks of practice. But it's not going to be as intense. And then this final preseason game, if the starters don't play, then you got to be really happy. There's been no important, useful guys to have really succumbed to any sort of serious like season-ending ailment. Of course, you have uh, Cole Turner with the hamstring, Shade Turner, or etc. Just guys who are, who are nicked up, but. Do I want them to? I think I don't know. Linnell, this is tough. I, know, I don't I think they like. I, I of course I think they should play. It'd be nice to have once in the offense get in the end zone. But if they do it again, like if the Ravens aren't playing anybody and the Ravens backups are in, is that going to make a huge difference? Is one drive like if Wentz plays for one drive and they they have six plays and it's one first down and then he's out? Was that worth it? So in the end, right. yeah, I I just don't think. I don't think they're going to because I think Ron's conservative in that way. He hasn't played his starters in the final preseason game. And unless they went really hard, I don't think it'd be worth it. So maybe have them run through some game-like practices, really be tough on them in your own facility, but I don't think it's worth it, and I don't think they will do it in the end. Pete, for me, when I was asking that question, it wasn't even for Carson Wentz in the offense. It's for this defense. I think if I'm Ron Rivera and Jack DeRio and I'm really trying to send a message to this defensive unit – which I think they should because Saturday was unacceptable on a lot of different fronts. Guys, hands on their hips, sucking wind, just gassed. I'd play them. And you mentioned they struggle with quarterbacks getting outside of the pocket and guys who are mobile and elusive. Tyler Huntley has been the best quarterback in preseason football thus far. I think he will provide a great test uh, for Washington's defense. What say you? Yeah, it'd be really intriguing. Like I don't know if – I don't certainly don't remember it happening here, but I've, I would be – curious to know whether teams have done that we're like all right the starting offense you guys hang out but starting defense you guys have to play what what kind of friction if any would that cause how the players receive that and i would think the defense knows that their performance hasn't been acceptable but would ron be willing to divide it that way where 
the, the ball movers can can hang out on the sidelines, but yeah. the guys are supposed to stop people from moving the ball. You have to go through warm-ups. You have to bring your pads. You have to focus up. So it, it, while it, it works maybe theoretically, like you would like to send that message, I just don't see Ron doing that half-and-half half approach. But, yeah, against the Ravens, who haven't lost a preseason game in two decades, and Tyler Huntley, who's able to move around, like it would be a good way for them to get tested. But, again, if you only do it for a couple tries and, say someone rolls their ankle and they're out for a couple of weeks, like, is that worth it? And I just don't know if the risk is worth the uh, potential reward because I don't think the reward is that big. Right. Pete, I lied. I'll let you go on this one, okay? <laughs> Last question. All good. So, All good. so for, for Washington, are there any guys heading into this preseason finale that are on the bubble of making this roster that you really think can do themselves a huge favor and, and potentially get them over the top and make this 53? As, as usual, receiver is a place to watch. Like, he's not a very huge name, but Alex Erickson is a guy that Ron knows um, and who has returned kicks and punts the NFL. But with Gibson now taking care of kicks, and maybe Dax Mill can handle punts, and does Alex Erickson become somebody you have to keep? Uh, at safety, Jeremy Reeves is a name fans probably are aware of at this point. He's always been on the cusp of, of cracking the regular rotation, but then something happens or the season ends and he doesn't get his full chance to make an impression, but Ron always seems to enjoy coaching him and hyping up his talents at safety. Does he stick or does the addition of Percy Butler and the return of Derek Forrest make him a bit of a luxury? So yes, there are certainly guys who need to compete for spots, but it feels like this team is more set than usual. Like out of 53, I feel like 49 to 50, you could, you could take it to the bank right now. And then there's only a couple spots. Um, in terms of the offensive and defensive line, like, all right, Shaka Tony versus William Bradley King versus somebody else on the edge, then that, that might be one, too. But nothing major, no, like, huge names that fans will, will recognize are on the verge of getting cut. It's just some of those rotation players who everybody seems to have a, you know, this guy likes Mark and Michelle, this guy likes Dax Milne. Sure, those, those people are going to have interesting Saturdays. But for the most part, Get in, get out, maybe try and get a victory, but hopefully everybody just stays intact. Hopefully, Pete. I appreciate you giving me some time, buddy. Not a problem. Now I appreciate you grinding your ass off all the time. You're a hard worker. I appreciate you, buddy. That is NBC Sports Washington's Pete Haley. You can follow him on Twitter at Pete Haley NBCS. Make sure you click the link in the bio to read all of his work on NBCSportsWashington.com. Always get smarter talking football. With my guy Pedro, we got to take a quick time out. When we want, when we come back, I want to hit the phones hard. I mean, super hard. We hit the phones the rest of the show. MGM National Harbor Lister lines wide open. One 1067 Twitter and Instagram. N e l l underscore b t p. Based on what we've seen in two preseason performances, should the Commanders play their starters this week against the Ravens? There's only one logical answer to that question. I'll tell you next. Ride with me. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the fan. Oh, yeah. The godfather of Go-Go. Would have been 86 years old today. We're celebrating it here on the fan all night long overtime. With your boy, Lanelle Willingham, here with you for the next hour and a half. Taking you up to 10 o'clock tonight until we pass the rock to the JR Sport Brief Show. I want to give a big thanks to my man Pete Haley from NBC Sports Washington hopping on with me in the last segment, talking all things Washington Commanders. But before we took the break, though, post a question out there to you guys. You can tap in with me. MGM National Harbor Listener Lines wide open, 1-800-636-1067. Twitter and Instagram, N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. Based on what we've seen in two preseason performances from the Washington Commanders, should they play their starters this week against the Baltimore Ravens? And I say there's only one logical answer to this question, and there really is. I mean it. Should the starters play in preseason game number three? Yes. I know we are fearful of injury, right? But for this first-team offense, Carson Wentz and company, they need to build the timing and confidence as we move closer to week one. Maybe if this group was further along in the process, then I'd already be you know, willing to let them sit down right now. But they're not. They're not. I've read you off Carson Wentz's numbers uh, throughout the first two weeks of the preseason. 138 yards passing, no touchdowns, no interceptions, and about three quarters of work. That's not good enough. It's not terrible, but it's not good enough. And it's not where this offense wants to be Come September 11th when the Jacksonville Jaguars come to town. And maybe if this group was further along in that process, then I'd be, you know, a little less willing to play them in the finale. Defensively, though, they should definitely play their guys. You get to go up against a team riding a 22-game winning streak in the preseason. Their quarterback, talking about the Ravens and Tyler Huntley, has been the best in the preseason by far. An excellent test for the commanders. Tyler Huntley. When I read you these numbers, I'm not talking about Tom Brady. I'm talking about Tyler Huntley, the backup quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, by far has been the best quarterback in the preseason. 29 of 32, 238 yards, and two touchdowns, no picks. All for Tyler Huntley. And for a defense in Washington that has struggled so much with rust discipline, Tyler Huntley represents the perfect litmus test. Have you gotten better? Did you learn from the coaching this past week in practice and in the film session against Kansas City to correct those things against the Baltimore Ravens and Tyler Huntley because he is a quarterback that as a defensive line, if you don't stay disciplined in your rush lanes and everybody doesn't stay disciplined in in, in responsibility with their gap, he is going to make you pay. Nine times out of ten, seven days out of the week, twice on Sundays. Tyler Huntley is him, as the young folks like to say. The kick and ball. The kick and ball. He, you saw how he handled himself a season ago when he got the, the, the start in, in place of Lamar Jackson. It wasn't that much of a drop-off. I think Tyler Huntley, before we know it, is going to be a starter in the National Football League. 
And depending on what happens here in Washington with Carson Wentz, it may as well damn be here. That's too premature, though. Let's give Carson Wentz some time before we start trying to recruit another team's backup. But you get the point. The kid can play. So for me, Washington defensively, they haven't shown me much of anything in the preseason. I have seen nothing from Washington in the two preseason games of work that makes me confident that this group is going to be better than what they were last year. And it really shouldn't be too hard to be better than what they were last year. 31st in the National Football League on third down. But man, in two weeks, this pass rush hasn't gotten home. This secondary has given up big plays. And the linebacking unit has been inconsistent at best. I'll say this, and this is probably a super bold prediction and and something that that you probably want to call in and and, and confront me over. Through two preseason games of work, Jamin Davis has been better than Cole Holcomb from my eyes and my vantage point. Specifically, this past game against the Chiefs, I thought Jamin Davis handled himself tremendously. Pete Haley made a great point when he hopped on with us a few moments ago. I think we have reached a point now with Jamin Davis that he was so poor last year and made such little impact that we are going to overvalue and overstate every little thing that he does this season. And I hope I don't fall victim to that. Because right now, I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing from Jamin Davis. And it's nothing sexy. It's nothing flashy. But it's clear, concise, concrete examples of this young man getting better. Of this young man understanding the game. This this young man processing information quicker. But to go back to the question, should the starters play in preseason game number three? I, I flirted with the idea with Pete of just the defense potentially playing, and then he comes back with a very astute point that I wasn't really thinking about. How would the offense feel? How would the defense, excuse me, feel if they were the only ones that had to go up and, and suit up? on Saturday against the Ravens? Would you be dividing your locker room if you're doing that? (laughs) No. And to answer Pete's question, no, I don't think you're dividing your locker room. I think you're sending a clear, concrete message to your defense that your performance during the preseason has not been good enough. And unless they live under a rock and are just completely oblivious to everything that's going on, they sure as hell should know that. It has not been good enough defensively from Washington in two preseason games. And you have a perfect opportunity this weekend to go up against the best quarterback in preseason thus far. Now, this is why I wish Washington had the opportunity to participate in these joint practices. Because that is how you see how good you really are. That is how you assess your true weaknesses. And right now for Washington, I don't think they know what their true weaknesses are. Because you've been going up against your own team since the spring. And it's no coincidence that as soon as this defense goes up against another offense that they don't know the plays of, that they aren't well-versed in the system of, they got beat up a little bit. And it started in week one with the combination of Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, which should make you want to throw up right there. You let Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold come into FedEx Field in your first game as the commanders, you let them come into your house and walk it to him once. You let them walk the football all up and down the field. Sam Darnold comes in and throws a tud. 
Guys aren't under pressure. They run the football on you. Defensively, up front, you're getting pushed off the ball. Where is the pride from this unit? That's why I want them to play in the preseason finale against Baltimore because I want them to show they got some pride. I want, I want them to show that they care about this. I want them to show that they're willing to go the extra mile to be successful. And, and, and going the extra mile in the preseason is represented by playing in a game where you probably wouldn't normally play because you want it that bad, because you want that badly to correct your mistakes against another unit. You go out there and suit it up for preseason game number three. There is nobody on this defense who should be above playing in the final preseason game. They all need the work. And they're a unit, like I said, it's an 11-man group. Too many times last year and in this preseason do we see 10 guys doing their job or eight guys doing their job and never all 11. And in this league, that is what it takes. That is what the good teams do. All 11 guys do their job, and that's how you have success. And Doc Walker said it best. They should play in this preseason game, one, because as a player with an ego and drive, you should never want to sit out of a football game, especially one where you get to potentially have the opportunity of breaking a 22-game preseason winning streak for the Ravens. That should get you up. That should be enough right there to get you wired and say, let's go. Let's play. Sign me up. When's the bus leave? I don't care if you're a starter. I don't care if you're one of the bottom of the guy rosters. You should get up for a game like this. Because I know the Ravens are probably overlooking Washington in this preseason game. They've won 22 in a row. And I know if I'm John Harbaugh and company, I'd be damned if the commanders come in here and end my streak. And that's the way teams look at us. We are the bottom feeders of the National Football League. We are. Let's call a spade a spade. This group hasn't won a playoff game since 2005. Learn how to win. That's the message for me and why you should play in the preseason finale because you need to learn how to win. And for Washington, I just need to see more on both sides of the ball, specifically defensively, before I feel comfortable with the Jacksonville Jaguars coming in here week one. I need to get, I need to build confidence that the Jaguars are going to come in here and push us around. I need to see it. Because right now, through two weeks, I'm not so sure what I'm going to see in week one. I don't have too much confidence that this defense is going to cause havoc for Trevor Lawrence and company. You struggle with Patrick Mahomes. He said he was the best quarterback in football. That was the excuse. I'll tell you what. Trevor Lawrence ain't no damn Patrick Mahomes, but he's looked pretty good throughout the preseason. It's not going to be a cakewalk. I heard someone make the comment of the schedule makers are begging us to start 2-0, giving us the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Detroit Lions. You are right in that company. We are the Jacksonville Jaguars. We are the Detroit Lions. The same way we look at those teams is how other teams look at us. What the hell have we done to pat ourselves on the back and be exempt from playing in a final preseason game? Nothing. Nothing. So I hope 
we find out later in the week that Ron Rivera says, you know, yeah, our guys are going to play. This is what we're going to do. I hope that's what we hear. I really do. Because they need it. They sure as hell need it. Definitely. Offensively, I'm not as worried, but defensively, boy. When your problems from a season ago resurface in the preseason, that is a sure tell sign that you didn't fix it. I want to hear from you guys. Let's take the temperature of the fan base. Matter of fact, we'll take the temperature of the fan base when we get back. I need to hear from you all. I want to check the pulse of this fan base. Tap in with me. MGM National Harbor Lister Lines wide open. 1-800-636-1067. Twitter and Instagram. N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. Based off what you've seen in the preseason thus far, do you feel better or worse about the commander's chances of making the playoffs in 2022? I'll dive in on this with you as well on the other side of the break. Don't touch that mother-loving dial. Youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, here with you until 10 o'clock right here on The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Classics, the godfather of go-go, Chuck Brown, celebrating 86 years of life today. We're celebrating it with you right here on The Fan until 10 o'clock, coming back from break with all Chuck Brown music here. Appreciate you all tapping in with me. It's been a fun show. Got a little bit left to go. Top of the hour, Randy Mueller, former NFL GM, will hop on the show and take a spin around the National Football League. We'll get his opinion on some hot-button topics across the National Football League. Right now, I want to take the pulse of this fan base. Based off what you've seen in the preseason, do you feel better or worse about this team's chances of making the playoffs in 2022? Based off the two games of preseason work, 
do you feel better or worse? For Washington defensively, obviously less than to be desired. Not good enough. A lot of the same stuff that we saw in 2021. A lot of that stuff has resurfaced in two weeks of preseason ball. As a fan, based off what you've seen, do you feel better or worse about this team's chances of making the playoffs next year? Let's go to the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines, 1-800-636-1067. Scott is in Dumfries and wants to give his opinion. Scott, do you feel better or worse about the commander's chances of making the playoffs? Um, I'm actually a diehard Cowboys fan, but I I got something to say about the commander. <laughs> you lost, Scott? Uh, did you did you dial the no, wrong number? Nope. No, I'm joking. Just I appreciate I, I appreciate you, buddy. All right. Uh, as far as the Commanders, they have the same problems that the Cowboys had and and will have throughout the whole season: pre-snap penalties and undisciplinedness. Uh oh, like, Scott. You know your team was ranked first in the National Football League in penalties a year ago, right? It, you know, my team has not really done anything in the playoffs for over. Oh, I know, Scott. You're not telling me anything. You're not telling me anything new, buddy. I know the Cowboys are uh, worth a damn. I, I, all I'm saying is the Commanders, and I, I'm still torn on that name, but all the pre. Well, geez, Scott, if you're a Cowboys fan, Scott, why does the name? Why does the name even matter to you? Now I'm just now I'm just about to pick your brain. Now, now I'm about to just go at you. If 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 you are a Cowboys I, fan, I, Scott, why does the name matter? I am I am 51 years old. And okay, okay. you had the Cowboys and the Redskins every year. <laughs> right. That was something to look forward to. The Cowboys beating up on the Redskins. <laughs> no, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you giving me a call. All right, but uh, you you can't be happy. As- I think I just hung up on the last caller. If you're listening, call back. <laughs> that was Scott at Dumfries, a Cowboys fan. So he's he's just... Just as miserable as we all are. But keeping things back here, commander specific, because that's what we do here on 1067 The Fan. Based off what you've seen in the preseason, do you feel better or worse about the team making the playoffs? I'll say I feel worse. Because I will go out on a limb and say this. And I'm not trying to put too much of an emphasis on the preseason. But as I mentioned with Pete Haley, it matters. And anyone who thinks it doesn't matter, It's kidding themselves. For me, right, I had no clue. I had no clue that we were going to see the performance we saw defensively the past two weeks from Washington in the preseason. I have been completely taken aback for multiple reasons, and I'll tell you why. I've been out boots at the ground at training camp. I've seen this group in training camp. I've seen the improvements in the secondary, with the communication. I've seen it. But, but, I didn't get to see it against another group. I didn't get to see it against another unit. And now that I've gotten two opportunities to do that against the Panthers and against the Chiefs, you're not going to tell me from watching the past two weeks of preseason that you have confidence in this defense. You're not going to tell me that you've seen anything from this group defensively in the past two weeks that gives you confidence to say, hey, they're going to bounce back to how they looked in 2020 when they were the sixth best defense in the National Football League. And if you do say that and you do really believe that, 
You're kidding yourselves. You are. Their problem from a year ago on the defensive side of the ball was their inability to get off the field on third down. Their problem through two preseason games has been the inability to get off the field on third down. If your problems from the previous season bleed into the preseason, it's a good chance you didn't fix them. I want to continue to hear from you guys, though. MGM National Harbor Listener Lines, wide open, 1-800-636-1067. Twitter and Instagram, you can get at me there as well. Based off what you've seen from two weeks of preseason ball from the Commanders, do you feel better or worse about their chances of making the playoffs in 2022? Let's go to Jaime, who's in Manassas, wants to give us a chance. Hey, what's going on? What's going on, man? Thank you for taking my call. No problem. Hey, um, you know what? I'm not going to be pessimistic. Um, I I haven't seen anything that I like. I, I haven't been impressed at all. But I still, you know, let's see three regular season games and see what happens. You know, I still think they're going to win nine, ten games. Uh, let's see what happens. Something that you said, uh, and you're absolutely right, uh, you, you've been in training camp, I think, two weeks, right? You yep. were watching the, the, the team. Okay. I remember Logan Paulson said one time that uh, uh, Ron Rivera's teams are historically slow starters. And it's that they're not pushing off in training camp. So I think you, you mentioned something about that, and I wonder if that's the case. Because uh, we need a hot start. We need these are the games that we have to win. I think at least three out of the out of the first four games in order to be in playoff contention. But I'm gonna give it at least three regular seasons uh, to see if I'm gonna be uh, optimistic or pessimistic. You know, I you know, Gwens is getting acclimated to a new offense, to new playmakers. Uh, they might not want to show everything they have in preseason. A couple of series here and there. It's not uh, enough of an example. Uh, the defense, let's see. Um, I think the secondary is better. I think you mentioned it too. So let's see what happens. I want to give them at least three regular season games. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Jaime. The thing is, for me, it's not about the offensive side of the ball that's got me concerned, and that that's the, some of the concerns Jaime tried to list. It's the defense. It's the defense. This is, They've been in the same damn scheme the past three years. you got to start making improvements. We saw them take a huge step back last year. It was disappointing on all fronts. If they take another step back this year, if they start out slow this year, if they come out the gate slow this year, then what are we going to do? Can this team afford not to qualify for the postseason? No, they can't. Back-to-back seasons of not making the playoffs here in Washington, after you come in and make the playoffs in your first year, that's how you get booted out of town. And I think it'll start with a defensive coordinator first. No matter what happens this year, unless it, unless they go 3-14 and 14 bad, I don't see a scenario in which Ron Rivera gets fired. But Jack Del Rio, sure as hell, is on the hot seat. Let's go to Matt in Manassas who wants to tap in with us. Matt, what's your confidence level right now in this group? I feel no better or no worse. You know, I kind of like how, you know, Wentz is commanding out there. And I agree with you on the defense. I mean, the defense looks, you know, it's like last year I was worried about the offense. This year I'm worried about the defense. So, like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm at a at an impasse. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I completely agree with you, buddy. I appreciate the call. It, it, it's, it's tough sledding. And right now for Washington, I, I, I pray that we see them in the preseason finale. I really do. And if we don't, If we don't, I'll be right back here to report to you what the plan is like in practice.
Because if we don't see them in the preseason finale, I would assume it's because they have a plan to go hard in the three weeks leading up to the opener. If they don't play in the preseason game this Saturday, you would hope that there is some type of ramp up to week one plan. Because with three weeks off, not hitting, you think you're going to come out against Jacksonville and be able to start fast? You're fooling yourselves. You're fooling yourselves. Got to take a quick timeout. When we come back, former NFL general manager Randy Mueller joins the show. He'll hop on here and we'll take a spin around the National Football League and get his opinion on some of the hot-button topics around the National Football League. Don't go anywhere. This is the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <laughs> 